Welcome all of you joining us online from across the country as we take a closer look over the next few minutes to add this week's missing case. It is a story that has been in the headlines before, for decades, in fact. The mysterious disappearance of your favorite podcast host. They say your boy is missing, man. And me personally, I don't think it's, you know what I'm saying, what everybody think it is. Where's Mark? Waiting and hoping for any sign of Matt. Man! Hey, Matt! He's probably just tying up some leeches. Ah, oh, the leech. Marty! 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 Maybe he's at the fly shop. Hey, Matt! He might be at the river. Have you looked there? Is it a possibility Matt is there? What's your name? I said, Matthew. She goes, don't you ever answer to Matt again. I, I'm worried about him. Has anyone seen Martina? Marty! 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 I bet he's hiding somewhere, licking his squirrel zonkers like a freak. Hey, wait. Are those Matt's? Those are Matt's water bottles. Oh, my God! Stop being so dramatic. You stop being so dramatic. What are we going to do? Call Marcus. Yeah, call Marcus. Who's Marcus? I don't know. I don't know. Does anyone call you Matthew, or I mean Matt, or is it always Matthew? It's always been Matthew, for good reason. Did you try the bathroom? He might be in there playing with leeches. Again. Marty! 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 It's been a long time since the last episode. I think he might be dead. Like I said, I don't believe there's no foul play or anything like that. In my personal opinion. I don't know what else we can do, man. We searched everywhere yesterday. We. Built fires, smoke signals, fired guns, yelled. So where Guys, I think I found him. I, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty fine. Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Marty Farrell here, president of the Digital Audio Outdoors Crafting Community. Presidents of the Bigfoot community. Presidents of the werewolf community. President, president, president. A lot of people have asked me. People have asked me. How did I become president of the Bigfoot community? And they've also asked, can they become president of the Bigfoot community? No, you can't. No, you can't. Because I'm president, you're not. And this is the kickoff episode of season two of Secret Society of Fly Tires. I'm back. I'm back, baby! Did you miss me? I missed you. I'm not kidding. I don't even know most of you, so that feels weird to say, but I mean it. And I've definitely felt and said weirder things, so whatever. I've realized lately that this podcast has become almost as therapeutic for me as fly tying is. You know, the main subject of this show I created. Is that meta? That's so meta. I created a show about a hobby that I find to be as therapeutic as the hobby itself. I'm not trying to be meta. Is that even what meta means? Man. I'm not looking it up. I'm just flapping my lips. I'm trying to treat this like my new weekly virtual therapy sessions, because I quit the real ones, and be as honest as I can while still eventually talking about gremlins and angels and Martians like always. So my break is over. 
I only took the break after season one because I read in the podcaster's manual that it would help me build hype amongst my consumers, you, about my product. That isn't true. I'm three paragraphs into my first monologue of the second season, and I'm already lying. Why would you lie? I'll be honest. I was 50-50 on even continuing this podcast when I wrapped up season one. I was out of content, and I thought I needed a little break from preparing for interviews and using illegal sound clips. I was sitting there like a tall glass filled with an Arnold Palmer, half of one thing and half of another, like a dreamsicle. I'm kind of 50-50 myself, really, born in the city and raised in the country. It quickly became obvious that my brain gets moldy and rotten when I'm not being childish on the internet. So here I am, back in the driver's seat, literally. Crap, man. I'm a little rusty and almost missed the perfect segue to introduce my guests for this episode, the Hermit Boys of the Hermit Company, the team behind a really cool handheld fly tying device called the Palmer, no Arnold included. Just pissed off about it. You see, they want you and me to be able to tie anywhere, anytime, whether that's in the comfort of our own homes or hovels, depending on how much of your money the government has stolen or tricked you into spending on poisons, on the train to your next fly fishing adventure, or by the river when you really want to match the hatch. I'll read you a quick bio on them to give you an idea of where they're coming from. The Hermit Boys is, I think they should have used R there, a crew of fly fishermen. They realize that life by and in the river is all that they'll ever need. I agree with you, definitely, exactly, for sure. Joined by a shared love for fly fishing, the great outdoors, and good country music brought these would-like-to-be outlaws together. They founded Hermit as a platform to express their values and stories to fellow anglers. Their goal is to entertain, help, and educate. Now, I didn't get all of the boys, but I was able to get two of them on my video phone from the other side of the flat earth for a nice chat. I'm trying to use the phone! I believe where they live in Finland is actually catty corner to the ice barrier that we aren't allowed to cross. And technically, I only got one and a half of them on the horn. You see, someone slept in and kind of missed the first 80% of the interview. Sorry, I should have said spoiler alert and hit the sound clip. just gave away the big twist. Look, there was a sizable time difference and I don't blame them because they were on the bad side of it. I think it was 9 p.m. for me and maybe 7 a.m. for them. They were talking to me from the future. No one should be ready to be berated by a fly tying conspiracy theorist that early in the morning, let alone so far in the future. Tarvitsen kahvia ensin. Anyway, turns out these guys are weird like me. They found their own little niche within a niche that they're running with. I always respect the guts it takes to put your ideas out there for the world to judge. Especially if you're going to try to do something unique and new from the ground up that has to do with a hobby I love so much. They're a fun, creative group of anglers in Finland, and we had a great time getting to know each other. I could lie to you and tell you that I've been to Finland. That's what the old podcast host from season one would do. The new me is trying to be honest now 100% of the time, like I said earlier. New year, new leaf. Each year's regrets are envelopes in which messages of hope are found for the new year. With the new day comes new strength and new thoughts. The new year stands before us like a chapter in a book waiting to be written.
As I ate my supper on the night I interviewed Jonas and Robin, I pictured them hitting their alarm clocks and getting out of bed for an early morning Scandinavian breakfast of surstroming and eggs. Oh, God, it's so good. Mmm, mmm, so good. Or maybe Smolahov on toast. This is delicious. I asked them if I was right about my dietary assumptions before I hit record on our interview, and they laughed at me and told me that no one actually eats that stuff in Finland. It's all a show for tourism. They had enjoyed their salty licorice smothered in brunost, like every other real local resident of the country of Finland. The good stuff, the type of brain fuel that gives you the power to realize an invention, like their handheld fly tying vise, the Palmer. I mean, it looks like a fucking gun, motherfucker. Fucking no, no, that's cool. Most of you are living in America, like me, and love things that look like guns. This thing can't assist you in attempting to kill anyone, though. Or maybe it can. Why should I make these rules for you? I hate rules. Doesn't matter if that rule is made up in my brain, or a real rule set by the lizard people in charge of this world. But I will get on my knees right now and beg you to never attempt to murder anyone with this fly tying tool, or anything else for that matter. We're all in this highly advanced simulation together, trying to survive an Illuminati-controlled hellscape that is slowly being destroyed in front of our eyes. That should be your New Year's resolution for 2023. Not to attempt to kill another human. It's an easy resolution, low-hanging fruit. Let's write that down on our whiteboards together and make it happen as step one in our ongoing battle against the Bilderbergers, the most delicious sounding group of elite lizard people that happen to meet not too far from me in Northern California to decide what kind of tricks they'll play on all of us sheep next. I wonder if any of those Bilderbergers tie flies. One of them has to. I'll start making some calls. I am very disappointed that no one has opened up a conspiracy-themed, Fuddruckers-style assemble-your-own-burger joint called Build-A-Burgers yet. The possibilities for menu items, decor, and waitstaff attire are endless and all very tasteful. If you have any ideas, please let me know on Instagram. I'll send my favorite one some stickers. At Fuddruckers, come on over to the fun. Take your taste to a different place. You're hungry right now looking for that taste. Bring your family to a different place. Say goodbye to frustration. Say hello to the taste. Take your taste to a different place. Should I use this opportunity to insert my recurring joke about using Kickstarter to fund my own selfish dreams of becoming a restaurateur without doing the work myself? I don't think I need to. It's fun to daydream about getting a location at the Denver International Airport and really going overboard with it. I mean, it's obvious the idea will work, and just me talking about it on my show is legally binding enough to copyright the idea. So if you even think about stealing it, I'll see you in court. I just want to troll the Illuminati, okay? Is a hermit a troll? Is that the same thing? Merriam-Webster's dictionary describes a hermit in two ways. The first being, one that retires from society and lives in solitude. And the second is, a spiced molasses cookie. I really love cookies, guys, but that's probably not the hermit they were going for. Trolls, on the other hand, are often described as strong, evil, and dangerous giants. Ugly, with large noses and eyes the size of plates, and often had several heads or just one eye. Phew, okay, I was getting scared for a sec, because this was just describing me, but I have one head and four eyes. I'm good. Gods and humans were their enemies, 
and they were angered by the smell of Christian blood. All right, the first definition of hermit probably describes what a lot of fly anglers desire to do. Get away from it all. That name fits the company behind a little handheld version of your desk vice that you can carry in your pack and twist up bugs on wherever you may be. I like to picture some fly-tying weirdo named Palmer that completely cut ties from modern society, tying flies at the opening of a cave by a fire, looking anxiously in every direction, just waiting for a wild animal to devour him but trying to focus on adding some goose biots that he picked from a still-steaming goose carcass that will be his next meal, if a hyena doesn't steal it first, to a prince nymph. All jokes aside, the Palmer is just cool. It's lightweight, compact, and has all sorts of well-thought-out features that the Hermit Boys lost sleep over for weeks just to please you. The least you could do is consider picking one up to thank them for all their hard work. Think of it like uh, an expansion pack for your trusty desk vice. Take it in the bathroom and hide from your family by telling them you have horrible diarrhea when you're really filling up your soft tackle box. Finland has a whole bunch of mythical characters and creatures and we dug into them during our chat. So I'll forego those and instead roll through some general facts I learned about Finland before I end this monologue and get to the interview. Did you know that Finnish citizens are the happiest populace on earth? It's been measured and confirmed. Instead of Valentine's Day, Finnish people celebrate Kuhlman's Day. During this holiday, Finnish children give apples and carrots to the people they love most. If the recipient loves them back, they have to eat all the apples and carrots within 24 hours, no matter how many they were given and no matter how rotten they are. Every Finnish citizen has a sauna in their home issued and maintained by the government. The town of Verla elected an onion as mayor, and it served successfully from 1968 through 1972. Okay, this one's kind of weird. Unexplainably, the average age of the Finnish citizen is eight years old, and they're the biggest coffee-consuming nation in the whole world. I'll wrap this completely true list that the Finnish fact department sent me with something I wish would spread from Finland across the whole world. It's called Sisu. Sisu is a unique concept that dates back hundreds of years in Finland that Finns try to follow during their everyday lives. While the world itself doesn't have a direct translation, it means something like perseverance, strength, or determination. When Finns face difficulty, they don't give up. They keep pushing themselves until they complete the task. As they say, what must be done, regardless of the cost, will be done. Although I didn't bring it up during our chat, I'd be really surprised if the Hermit Boys didn't have to apply a big wet pile of sisu somewhere along the timeline of creating the palm. They aren't done creating innovative tools for us fly tires and anglers either. They have more tricks up their sleeves, and I can't wait to see them. I mean, I want to see everything under their sleeves. I hope you enjoy this chat with my first international guests, Jonas and eventually Robin of The Hermit Company. Jonas, thank you for being here. Thank you for um, letting me chat with you a little bit. Uh, we hope that your your partner Robin can join us. Uh, maybe he'll jump in. We think he might have slept late. I heard yeah. it's his day. He heard it's his day <laughs> off, and I don't I don't blame him. Sleep in, maybe partied a little bit. Whatever. I don't blame anybody. I hope he joins us, though, because that's who I was talking to when we were setting this up, and I was eager to meet him. Um, but yeah. th thank you for joining us, Jonas. Thank you for having me and us, Matt. And uh, yeah, let's hope that Robin can uh, join us at some point. If he can, then we it will be just two of us, and that's fine. That's totally fine. You guys, yeah. this, we have the Hermit Boys today. And yes. We're, and where, where are you guys in the world? We're in Helsinki, Finland. Awesome. My my first international guests 
Um, oh, we're honored. <laughs> you're, and I hear this is your first podcast. We're sharing some firsts together today. Oh yes, okay. yes. This is uh, this is this is a big big experience for both of us. <laughs> cool, cool, man. <laughs> well, nice to meet you virtually today, and I'm stoked nice to, to learn you. learn about you and learn about your your tool, the Palmer. First, um, I just wanted to figure out like why the name Hermit Hermit Company. Where did this come from? Well, we actually thought of the name a lot. Like we were at, at first, I guess we were uh, cast and fire or something like that but then we decided that we we are kind of the uh, underdogs here in finland because we do things differently and we'll and then we googled the name hermit and i think the name hermit says like something that like commits to one thing and kind of lives in solitude and kind of alone okay. and then we were uh well we're we're kind of feeling the same way here in uh in the, You're like, in the hey, that, that's us. Yeah. In the uh, in in the in the fly fishing uh, culture here in Finland, okay. and um, then Robin designed a cool logo for us, and uh, then then we went with it. And it's a simple and a good name, so we just went for it. It felt good. I think that's that that's why. It sounds cool. I liked it right off the bat. Yeah, thank it's you. A good, it's a good one. Um, yeah. I like the I like the logo too. Where did the idea of the Palmer come from? Now, the Palmer is the tool um, that turned me on to you guys. And it's for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, I'll, I'll have talked about it a whole bunch uh, in my monologue before this interview. So they should know about it by now. And I've linked to it in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. But it's a basically a, a handheld vice to, to tie yes. flies with. So how did, yes. how did that idea come about? Well, I think the first, first thing was uh, we watched a film it was a Lee Wolf fishing Minipee River for brook trout, I, I think it was. And then he tied a couple of flies uh, by hand, with bare hand. And uh, then we tried it, and it was really difficult, obviously. It's really hard to tie just with your hands without a vice to, uh, to hold the hook in the right place. And we... We, we felt that, well, this can't be safe, <laughs> especially with, with small flies. <laughs> and uh, then actually Robin was uh, in his summer cottage and uh, he, he was tying with a, uh, you know, regular fly tying bench. Just uh, And he was kind of hunched and he, he, he got a sore back and a sore elbow and whatsoever. And then he thought that, is there a way to do this like in a... In a like good position, like a good body position, like uh, that that doesn't hurt when you when you, when you don't have a desk where you can uh, sit comfortably and um, and then the process started. Actually, we just uh, we went from different prototypes, and we obviously thought it that it's well, it has to have a jaw. So so uh, then we decided like uh, because we fish, uh, we 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 are like moving fishermen. And especially during the summertime, we uh, we go to uh, Kiruna, you know, Swedish Lapland, to hike, and uh, we we spend a week there. And we wanted to come up with something that um, it's easy to pack and it doesn't weigh a lot. So the Palmer weighs like ninety-one grams. It's super light. So um, so so the idea was just uh, to to get our asses off the bench and just go out there and match the hatch the because you can you, you can tie a fly while uh, while on the river 
on their river band and just uh, and that's actually what happened last summer as well super super cool i wasn't expecting to hear any sort of like ergonomic reasoning you know like like that like it was yes. like a you know part of being hunched over that's that's super interesting i definitely feel that i don't have a good mm. tying setup like i don't have a good bench at home mm. um i have a uh the clamp a clamp vice right where i'm putting it wherever mm. i have wherever i have mm. room when i have when i have time to do it right yeah so that's an interesting um uh, interesting reason it's super cool um the you have a video tying by the creek um, on your YouTube, yes. that is like a great example of exactly what you're talking about. And uh, yes, I'll definitely link to that in the notes too, so people can watch it if they haven't already. Yeah, I was going to ask you if like you guys were all into tying in hand um, already when mm. you came up with this concept. Is that kind of what pushed it that that in that direction? Yeah, because uh, we like tying like simple flies. My my myself, I like simple flies that you can just like two or three materials then. It's just something that it's easy to carry a couple of materials and you can tie them uh, uh, by, by a river. But we tried it. Like, like, like I said, we tried tying by, by hands, but then, uh, then we just uh, came to the conclusion that we need something that we can hold the hook there like secretly and mm -hmm. uh, just uh, because by hand it's kind of tricky. We really like we really like the idea and well it's really old school and still some people do it and we have a couple of customers who actually said that they go to lapland or wherever and then they, they just tie by their hands because it's it's uh, it's not convenient to take your heavy bench flight tank <laughs> bench right. with you yeah. so so that's why they got the palmer because it's it's super light and easy to carry yeah. and it just simply works yeah i was i was going to ask you too like the, it is super compact and light do you yeah. do you have like a favorite bag or something else that you use to bring like organized materials with you i mean the the device mm. itself is obviously easy to, to pack yeah. but i've always yeah. had like taking materials along with these kind of a pain in the butt yeah there's actually one product coming later on that it actually shows in the video we're tying by the creek, uh, by a creek where Robin ties a fly there, and you can see there's a little sneak peek there where we, where you can see this kind of uh, tool roll. Okay, cool. So, so, so that is one product product that we uh, we are coming up with at, at some point. It's in it's in like the concepting phase now, or or just kind of testing or something. Um, there's a prototype, and we're testing it, and hopefully at some point, because you know materials matter as well and and this uh where where world still is at, at this point it's really tough to get like materials proper materials sure. and uh, <clears throat> so we we, we really want to make a product that works and it's a good quality product uh lasts for years yeah it's still a prototype but it's coming at some point <laughs> yeah cool right on man i'll look out for that um yeah you know speaking of prototypes what was there like were there like early crude prototypes of the palmer that oh, you, know, oh, yeah. you guys went through yeah, yeah. I was, i'm curious what those were like <laughs> we actually uh the first prototype was i i think the handle was made of plastic or wood and then we just took a jaw like jaws from one uh on flight tying bench and then they we kind of screw them to the handle and then then we did some testing like how 
what what shape of the handle should be and uh, how uh, wide it should be the handle and all those like er ergonomics like how how does your hand work there and how can you help uh, hold the material while tying yeah, yeah. so so yeah and and then we did some 3d modeling at some point and uh yeah the first polymer that came out was actually a little bit uh, thicker and wider the handle was than the uh, the one is out there now we uh because we, we felt that it was a little too thick and wide so we kind of minimized a little bit and now it's perfect so there was a lot of different prototypes and we tested tested it a lot and 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 with different like different size hands as well okay. because we, we we really wanted that the polymer can be uh, used and 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 different people can tie flies we like we don't want to go with the uh, stereotypical like uh, male male hand that we we tried it on with uh, we gave it to uh, like uh, woman tires and with uh, kids as well and uh, so that we kind of uh, found the right size for the handle cool yeah yeah it sounds like such a fun project to work out i mean like to yeah. come up with the ways to hold like you said hold the materials and like the way that you mm. the, the little thing on the on the bottom of the handle to hold the thread yeah you know and stuff thread like that holder like, yeah. yeah yeah like those uh it seems like a like once you like really figured out one of those features like the light bulb moment would would have been fun oh to yeah be a, to be a part of for sure yeah the thing is that like um, a lot of people uh, uh like they're, 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 there's this fly fishing fair here in finland okay. every uh every april and we were there uh, last year with the Palmer. A lot of people just came there for us, which, which, which we, uh, we were honored. And uh, of course, cool. that it, it, it was really cool. But but they were, they were a little bit of skeptic how it works because okay. it's a new product, and uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously there's some things that you have to learn when you use it. But they said this uh, re really experienced uh, tire. He, he was he's been tying. He was tying. Uh, been tied for like 30, 30 or 40 years. And uh, he was like, okay, let me test it. And we were like, oh, okay, let's see. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's no see how, yeah, let's see how it goes. But then, then he sat down and we had all the materials. And uh, then, uh, then he said, you know what? I'm going to tie a modeler minnow. Okay. Uh, uh, so he's gonna, okay. He's going to spin deer hair with it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Okay. And, uh, we were like, okay, well, this is interesting. And then he sat there. We, we didn't bother him. He, he just sat there and tied, and uh, he didn't say anything. And then he finished the fly, and it looked perfect. And he just looked. He 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 just looked at us and said, "Damn, this works!" <laughs> right, right on. <laughs> and that's so that's so cool. I mean, that's kind of yeah. another thing I was wondering about is like like what's it best at and it sounds like it can, you can kind of mm. there's ways to do anything like you mm. i mean i'm sure uh my, a guest on my first season jonathan farmer talked about yeah. tying two station intruders in hand so if you can do it in hand i'm sure you could do it on the yes. on the palmer too um, but yes it seems like another fun i mean fly tying for me is fun to figure those things out right and it's yes. like a, it's a new set of yeah ways to figure out how to do all this normal stuff right that we're used to doing so it's yeah. super cool how how long did it take from like hatching the idea to like holding the retail 
version like that you're selling? Like how long was the, the whole process there? The process was actually pretty fast because um, we wanted, we, uh, we needed a CNC machinery for the jaws and uh, for the handle, the jaws and the handle and the uh, front screw, they're, they're all made in Finland. So, so we, we, we wanted to keep it like uh, we wanted to support the small entrepreneurs here in Finland. And cool. uh, so, uh, so we did some um, Googling and found a couple of CNC machineries here in Finland. And uh, then we contacted them and they said, okay, let's, uh, let, let me make you a prototype. And then he did it and we were happy with it. And then we just went with it. We, uh, we, 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 we usually go with like 50, 50, like all, like every batch is a 50 Palmers. And then we got the first 50 and we were like, okay, well, there we go. It didn't take, uh, I, I think it took uh, probably something from three months from the. Uh, oh, wow. That's pretty fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because we are, we, we really started the process when we were fishing in that there's this one uh, river here in Finland and there's this really cool cabin that you can rent as well and, and we were there with Juho and Robin and we were uh, still still kind of figuring out like uh, like the, the the product and then we decided you know what let's just go with this and let's contact them and uh, let's uh, how let, let, let's see how it goes because they they always send you a prototype kind of uh, like for free cool. and uh, and uh, then it's uh, it's here in pretty pretty, pretty close by uh, the machinery is like two hours drive so so altogether I would say like probably four months five oh. four, 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 four months from the idea to uh, to the real product that's super hand. cool you, you, you guys were, you guys were inspired you did it you put it together quick <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah everything went from zero to hundred really fast. And that's kind of, well, well, we, we're, we, we are like, we're all friends. We, we, we've been known, we've known each other for years just before we went, we, uh, with the, with the Palmer to design the Palmer. So, and we kind of share this, the, um, the common idea of how, uh, how products should look, how products should work and the materials. And, uh, so, when, when there's a pack of people who kind of share this some um, the similar way of thinking of things mm. so then it the the it kind of goes easily yeah yeah you guys all have your lane like you guys all specialize mm. in certain stuff that like is yeah. compl- complementary to each other in this yes. like yeah that's cool it'd be nice if the rest of the guys could have made it we'll have to do this again and then meet everybody <laughs> yeah um, so uh are so are you guys like tinkers are there are there improvements that you're looking to make to this version too this is like the second version of the palmer right yeah this is the palmer 2.0 but all the main things are there i mean we kind of modify the jaws a little bit and for that you can turn turn if you're left-handed tire you can with this 2.0 you can also tie with your left hand cool um so uh the first version you couldn't do it because it was a little bit bulky. The jaws were well. Of course, there's always something. If, if we come up with something, then then you kind of test it. But 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 for now, 
I think we're really happy with it. We kind of want to make the, because the most difficult part of the polymer actually was to finding the right screws and bolts for the jaws. It took us a long time to find <laughs> the, uh, the right bolts and the, like the uh, turn screws for, for, for the jaws. Maybe, maybe the, the, the one thing is that we've, if we can make the, uh, the bigger back screw, probably if, if, if we can make that in, in the same machinery here in Finland as well, that is something that we, we, we are probably looking at some point. But to be honest, everything is so kind of thought through with the product. So there's not much that we, 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 we uh, <clears throat> want to take out or add. So not at the moment, just just like as I said, like this uh, this kind of a tool bag, yeah, this, uh, this tool top, top tool secret roll. tool roll that you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> it was a question I had if you guys were working on any other tools, and that's cool that you had something um, already in the works. Oh, uh, oh, we we actually have a lot of crazy ideas. Yeah, Let's, <laughs> you, you have any you want to share? I mean, if it's stuff that's too early, feel free not to. But I'm super curious about this stuff, and the the creative process behind it is super interesting to me. So yeah, well. I mean, it all starts with the uh, with the whole thing that you you go to a river and then you like, uh, oh man, I I I wish I had this and uh, mm-hmm. I I wish this would work differently, a little bit differently. And uh, how how could I hold my net like more uh, more better way that it's it's hard to get or so so we are we're almost thinking the fly fisher like uh, what how can we make fly fishers um time on the water a little bit easier and more convenient so probably these are these ideas are really far away from being a real product right now but there's there's been some kind of talk from uh from like a net holder and uh and and the the Hermit Company is not actually just like specialized in fly fishing. Okay. We we uh, we uh, we we also like uh, well, it's close to our heart. It's like this uh, like camping and uh, because we make our own tents as well. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. Robin and Yuho they designed and made this really cool tent for us. Also, um, for uh, for last year's. Um, fishing trip to Swedish Lapland and it was like a palace for us because it was full cotton weighted a lot but yeah. it was worth it we, we uh, took a helicopter there so oh, wow. so 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 it was okay too if we would if, if we would have hiked then it would be yeah. a different story yeah yeah but yeah. but but, but that, the um, yeah I don't think so, I saw any tents or anything on the website are these for sale or have you sold them in the past or uh, well, Robin is specialized in the tents, and uh, because he's a tent builder, he okay. he loves building tents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take, so, take, uh, it, take it however you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, there, there's actually we uh, we we shot a we shot a lot of material um, during our Kiruna trip, and there's gonna be a small. Well, I I guess you can't say a movie. But some some kind of clip coming at some point where you can Super see, cool. yeah, it's uh, it, it's on the editing table right now. So there you can see how the tent works and how big the tent actually was, cool. and uh, and yeah, and there's uh, we 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 always because last year uh, 
last year we were we are taking the helicopter and and the upcoming season next summer we will go hiking like uh, uh, because we usually hike we usually like hike for three to four hours to somewhere where nobody is and fish there because that's the pe- best part of it if there's nobody else that's the best best I, place I, to I fish totally yeah. yeah 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 so uh so so next year we will hike and then uh, robin is all already designing a new lighter version of the uh, big tent that we had okay. last year one that one that uh, you guys could hike in with yeah 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 cool yeah, yeah. and the and and again the materials matter like uh it has to be like durable light and uh, still like well what i've seen from his sketches it's not easy to design a tent <laughs> mm-hmm. well, dude I, it's super inspiring i like people that come up with ideas and then do them yeah. you know and like i mean that's what i'm doing with this podcast it's a totally different thing but i've been a, a musician most of my life and that's the same kind of stuff you know you're just being creative and, and putting that creative juice to use you know whatever uh with palmer and now the tents too mm-hmm. sounds super cool so like anybody that's doing that kind of stuff whether it's doing this or opening a pizza shop or something like is inspiring to me like putting pizza is important yeah you know for sure so you guys are in helsinki what do you consider yes. like your home water um you keep mentioning going to the swedish laplands once yes. a year but what do you what do you yes. fish regularly there there's a lot of nice fishing holes here in finland in the in the middle parts of finland also in this well the lapland is the best if you want to go for wild fish wild grayling wild trout that's the lapland for really far north but in, in the, the the best waters where you can find the biggest trout and uh, the uh, well the, well the best waters generally they're, they're, in the, they're in the middle parts of finland we, we we fish there i think the first and the best that i've ever fished and kind of that we all all hold dear is uh, this place called huopanankoski it's uh really cool place that i think you can consider that our uh, our home home water because there's a lot of history in that place there's this really cool uh, cool guy called Juhani aho who uh, who was a finnish fly fisher and uh, i was gonna he, i was gonna i was yeah. gonna ask you about him actually That's oh you cool brought, you, you brought it up because uh cool. not to cut you off there but any yeah. you know, I, I can pr- I can pretty much guarantee that I'd mispronounce all of your names without guidance. <laughs> I mean, I, I might luck out with a first name or two, but that's it. And uh, when when reading your about page on your website, I was immediately yeah. interested in Yuho talking about being uh, quote the reincarnation of Nobel Prize winning Finnish author yeah. Angler Yuhani yeah. Aho. And I wanted to know if that's a joke because he said he firmly believes right. So yeah. if I can quote the bio, <laughs> it's a, yeah, of course. Well. You know, those bios we kind of wrote with uh, a little bit of sparkle in the eye, if you know what <laughs> okay, I mean. Like sure. it, it's uh, uh, well, Yuho is the uh, he's kind of uh, the uh, the guy who uh, really holds these things things dear as well. And he, I'm I'm pretty sure he's read all the Yuhani Aho fly fishing books and and everything. So they so he, he's 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 half joking then. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's it's super cool i'm i'm i had to ask i'm super interested in the topic in general yeah. and i, mean, I like the yeah. joke anyway that's what i'm doing on this show i'm joking <laughs> about this crap all the time you know so yeah. I, I, 
wanted to ask that. And, you know, it kind of leads into a question I ask everybody um, if, if you've had any paranormal or like supernatural experiences. Oh man. You know what? To, to be honest, many, um, many. Wow. I haven't, yeah, I haven't yeah, had yeah, that yeah, answer yeah, yet. Yeah. Well, well, you're going to have yeah. to tell me whatever oh, you're comfortable I will. talking about. Okay. Oh, of course. Um, I actually, at some point, one of my dreams is to uh, publish a book about fly fishing, like similar to John Girac, oh, these cool. kind of no uh, novels and uh, spending well, time on the water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, just uh, reflecting on fly fishing and how the elements and like they con uh, connect with the whole fly fishing world. And uh, so... So I, I I have actually written a couple of chapters already, but you know time is limited, and then the Palmer came, so that's where all the time went. <laughs> so, and, so uh, and maybe yeah. a, a a new kid that you mentioned. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Taking up some of your time too, I bet. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I can actually tell one story. Um, uh, Robin and I we were fishing this. This Huopanankoski, uh, the uh, Juhani Aho uh, place where he fished. Juhani Aho actually ordered flies from the Hardy Company. Did you know that? They didn't know that. That's yeah, yeah, and, awesome. and 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 he designed a couple. The Hardy Company designed a couple of uh, flies for for Huopanankoski and for Juhani Aho specifically. Yeah, hmm. but um, cool. but yeah. So so me and Robin, we, we were fishing Huopanankoski, and then. All of a sudden, we heard this like terrible screaming, like uh, like if there there was a cat dying or something. Like what like what what is that terrible sound? And and then we saw that there was a there was seagull stuck to a a hook and a line, and it was uh, re really uh, high high up on the uh, on the tree, and he was just circling there in distress and just like uh, it was terrible. Making that sound that you that you heard? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was uh, the bird was screaming like uh, something fierce, and it was uh, it was really uh, terrible. And there was nobody there fishing at uh, at the moment, and we were like, "Oh man, we gotta do something about this. We can't just leave it there." And the fishing had been tough on us because uh, we. Um, the dry flies, they weren't working. The dry dropper wasn't working. The streamers weren't working. So uh, we, 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 we haven't caught a fish during that day. And uh, But th then we, we uh, went there. And then Robin tied a knife to, uh, to a stick of wood. And then uh, the bird was stuck in this huge uh, streamer. Uh, there's this uh, streamer here in Finland called uh, Super Tinsel. That is basically uh, just, uh, it looks like a bait fish. You can Google it. And it's just a synthetic material. So, so, so the bird was stuck on that huge streamer. And then uh, Robin managed to, uh, to uh, cut the, uh, the uh, line that the bird was like attached to. And then the, the bird got off, and then he, uh, the bird got the um, fly from his leg as well, so it kind of dropped somewhere, and then it flew away. He was, uh, he was happy. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, and and uh, they were like, "Phew, okay, well, th- well, th- well, that's a good thing. Now we can, uh, now we can finally fish in peace without that terrible noise, yeah. and the bird feels better as well." Yeah. So then we went back fishing, and all of a sudden we started catching fish. All right. Yeah, with the same same flies that didn't work before that incident, and then I thought that you know what this. This has to be some kind of karma moment, you know? Yeah, there you go. That that we we help the mother nature and now the mother nature gives us back, you know. Yeah, man, I love it. I love that. Story. Yeah. And yeah. It seems that I don't know, um with fishing, I mean you have those days, right, where like you, yeah. nothing works and um yeah. get frustrated. Um yeah. and there are plenty of times myself and like uh it feels like when you really need when you really need one like you end up yeah. if you like uh, mother nature tosses you a bone and like it's it gives you yeah. a fish every once in a while but that's totally different you guys earn those you guys earn those fish saving yeah. that screaming bloody murder seagull that was caught yeah. between, you know <laughs> my buddy uh, my buddy Kyle uh hooked into a seagull when we were crabbing off of the pier we were, we were mm. throwing crab snares off a pier yeah and, and thankfully that thing didn't scream like a person like you're talking about because there were so many people on the pier we were already embarrassed that he hooked into it and and it got loose on its own thanks thankfully we didn't have to tie a knife to a stick and free and free yeah yeah (laughs) so hey in in finnish lore Mm. maybe you haven't heard of this maybe you have uh Mm. videnimo have you heard of this maybe i'm saying that wrong uh videnimo yeah it's said to resemble a mermaid with the body of a fish and the torso and head of a human woman. Have you heard of this? Oh, let me uh, just... So, uh, so the story says that yeah. the, this uh, creature would sing to anglers like a siren and lure them to murky depths, uh, like those types typically do, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was going to ask you if Finnish anglers still offer their first catch to appease Videnimo, the mother of waters. Have you, have, you, uh, have you heard of this one? Well, I've heard a pretty similar one that I <laughs> there was this uh, tall tale that was uh, given us when we were a kid that there's this creature in the water called Naki that if you if 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 you go too close to the water it will come and get you. Okay, all right, all right. That was on, that was on my list here. So okay, okay. So, so okay, we get, yeah, we're, we're getting into the weird stuff. Uh, I yeah, wanted yeah, to, yeah. I want to rattle off some names of some other mythical creatures. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. From from your part of the world that some yeah. state some st- say still lurk, right? So I'll go through their names. You tell me your thoughts on them, and if for some yeah. reason you've never heard of them, let me okay. know, and I'll rattle okay. off I'll rattle off what I've found out about them. So yeah, sure. Uh, also, please, for the love of God, forgive me and correct my horrible pronunciation <laughs> pronunciation of these. But uh, you know, Na- Matt, it's perfect. It's 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 all good. Okay, yeah. so Naki was one of them, and you started yes. telling me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, can, can yeah. you go into a little bit more detail about it? Well. They, uh, I, I remember uh, in in my uh, in, in our summer cabin, my my mom used to tell me that story okay. that uh, Naki will come and get you if you go too close to the water, and it kind of makes sense that uh, well, kids not supposed to go like when they're small kids, not supposed to go close to the water or they might get to the water. So um, mm, it's like a cautionary tale. 
Yes. Okay, yes. right. Yes. Says their, their habitat would be murky pools, under bridges, sometimes found in springs or even wells. So if they wanted to <laughs> they want to keep you away from the well, they're going to tell you that the Naki's in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm going to uh, going to tell my son. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. All right. Okay, here's another one. Uh Yeah. Pico, P E I K K O. Pico, Pico. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's uh, like a troll kind of way and uh, yeah troll okay yeah let's see Peiko. it's like a similar uh uh like there, there there's a there's a lot of trolls in the scandinavian lore as well okay, sure. in the in the uh danish and norwegian and uh that that they were trolls but i think our peiko is a little bit smaller uh, a little, little bit a uh, tinier version of the big norwegian trolls okay that that yeah so, so it says yeah. here that they range in sizes from small to enormous so oh okay you, you yeah. have the s- small ones in your part of the world okay i get it all right i think they're not that big here there, there's this uh, i i don't know if this is on your list but it's all it's uh, it, it's called mahinen uh it might be i might have pronounced it meninkanen oh well, well, well is that yeah, different it's... is that the same thing Kinda mending cannon and mahin. It's kind of the same thing. It's a really small, small creature that kind of lives under, under, <laughs> under the ground in the forest that does its mischief at some point, and then you know, it's just some so something that we were told when we were kids. Yeah, they're they're all into mischief. You know, I'm looking at a picture yeah. of one right now, or artist rendering, which yeah. um, looks like a regular human man, I guess. But small, small human-like, large head, yeah. often wears pointed hat. This sounds like a gnome. <laughs> it sounds like a gnome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Living underground in remote forests. Yes. Um, nocturnal. That's the. F- uh, oh. So they're getting scientific enough about it to tell you that it's nocturnal. I, uh, I, I, I really hope that they, their, their uh, eyes don't glow in the dark. That'll be scary. Okay. How about this one? Iku Terso. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iki Turso, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. To- of yeah, course, yeah. I said it horrible, horribly wrong. So what? Well, okay, I, what, what about this one? Yeah. Well, Iki Turso, it's um, uh, oh man, it, it it's been a while since I've uh, reminisced about this Finnish lore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, can you give me the uh, the, the well, points on Iki Turso yeah. so I can maybe my memory comes back? Yeah. I'm looking at a picture right now, and it looks like. Uh, maybe like the kraken, like a octopus, squid. It says here appearance seriously scary, gargantuan creature from the deep, yeah. resembling a giant fierce octopus. Uh, may also sprout dragon-like wings. That's the first time I've ever heard that one. Or well, like a octopus yeah. creature with wings. It's pretty bad. Pretty badass, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's not. <laughs> That sounds terrible, but <laughs> it's uh, seriously scary. I mean, they're not kidding. No, you know, yeah. Now I remember. Um, so there's this uh, uh, classic Finnish lore, lore called uh, uh, Kalevala. Okay. So it's it's basically like um, you know, there's different stories. How did the world? world was born you know so it's it's kind of finnish finnish way of saying uh, how the world was born and in 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 kalevala the world was born from uh from uh egg of a bird 
So, so Ikiturso is, uh, yeah, it's a creature there that kind of you uh, lives in the water. And then there's really famous, there's a really famous painting as well uh, from our, um, in the National Gallery where uh, the, uh, the the main character of Kalevala called Väinämöinen, mm. he's struggling in the, in a boat with uh, Ikiturso. So, yeah. It is a it, it, it he he he's a badass badass creature for sure yeah. How about how about Lempo or also the in the same in the same description call it will o wisps. Lempo, I think that's the, the, the one. Now, when I'm reading about this one, let me pull it up yeah. here real quick. Where is it? And it sounded similar. Okay, so it says here will o wisps, will o wisps. These mm. spirits, sometimes personified in Finnish mythology as the Lempo, uh, mm. usually appear as balls of light hovering over lakes. While they're rumored to lead the way to treasure, they may actually be evil spirits who lead people to danger. Even mm. today, they're most commonly sighted around Finnish lakes during midsummer. Now, mm. what I thought was interesting, and I don't know if you've heard of this book, but it sounds uh, very similar to the supposed UFO sightings talked about in the book some kind of heavenly fire. Have you heard of this book? Oh, I have not actually. Oh, it's a, a I believe it's a Finnish book um, about a granddaughter finding a grand a grand. Uh, I want to say her grandpa's. Um, yeah. Uh, journal um, st- investigating UFO uh, sightings and stuff in Finland, mm-hmm. which I, which from what I've read about, there's been um, a fairly good history of like going back even to like. Um, mm. 1930s or whatever um, okay cool no yeah. but maybe check out that book i haven't read it uh, it sounded well, it sounded cool um i'm into orbs I've talked about them on the show a few times it sounds like orbs man um mm. let's see yeah. one, one more let's see two more on here yeah. i have a kaiju k-e-i-j-u kiju kaiju i guess that's the one yeah that might be it yeah that one ring a bell uh Oh, it's a babe. Oh, oh it's a babe. They're showing me a, like a beautiful woman here. Beautiful creature. Really? Like a small human, but with wings. So this is a this is some kind of fairy. Fairy, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Says here though, avoids people but friendly if encountered accidentally and loves to dance. What is this? This isn't scary, man. There's nothing there's nothing. this is loves to dance. Yeah, I, lo- loves to dance. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was getting into, uh, you know, the weirder, scary creatures. This one seems nice. Whatever, we'll pass that one up. Uh, let's see, Heesey. Oh yeah, Heesey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heesey. Oh, this, uh, yeah, this, this one yeah. doesn't look nice at all. I'm looking at a picture of it right now, man. Oh no, he looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. Heesey. Uh, he Heesey. Hey guys. Uh, what? Oh, hello, Robin. Robin. I am terribly sorry. I I, I woke up like five ten minutes ago, and this honestly. I think Jonas could say, oh, this honestly never happens, but I slept <laughs> it. My phone, the most classic one, like I, I connected my phone to charge it. And I had my laptop downstairs here in the workshop, everything ready to go. And then I woke up and I just, oh, today's going to be a do- good there day. There he is. Wow. It's me like a goddamn barn door <laughs> face. Like, fuck, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> and my 
my girlfriend has the day, day off and she's still sleeping and then oh shit this is so embarrassing i'm so so sorry don't dude don't worry at all me me and jonas have been talking about all kinds of weird stuff you guys you oh, just yeah. jumped you just jumped in we were talking about hisi yeah what hisi doesn't even know what we're talking about we are talking about like this um uh finnish lore creatures like yeah. we talked about um uh, Hisi and uh, Menninkainen and uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we're talking about creatures and uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I told Matt that you're probably because it's your day off. You might be, uh, you might have been out last night, and then you're just joining us late. But good to have you here, man. <laughs> that would have made more sense, but it's like. <laughs> You know that I, you know how much I, you know how much I love this. I, I I I want I want curveballs in my interviews. Like I don't ever. Everybody's just on. Fishermen are on time. You know that's another thing. You're like I said it. I said it time, and they're all on time. You're the first one that's been late. You're the first one, and it's and it's totally cool. We we talked about the Palmer for like a half an hour already, and like the Palmer is Perfect. super cool. It's a it's a revolutionary, uh, innovative tool that I I think is super cool. Um, I told uh, Jonas I haven't actually held one, but I I've seen them. Uh, I've watched a lot of videos. I've done my research. I like research and stuff. And the whole point of this podcast is to meet new people doing cool stuff, and that's what you guys are doing. Um, and so like, <laughs> thank you for setting this up. Um, Jonas has been great in your in your place <laughs> holding down the fort. <laughs> you know, uh, we got two what two of the four hermit boys now. Yes, exactly. You guys don't yes. want to call the other two and get them to jump in here just late and just start. I'm pretty sure Lars is still sleeping, and I, 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 th- I think you know shit. Send him a. I'm gonna send him the link. Yeah, send the link. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I think you was actually. I think he's under the weather, so I'm. I'm not sure if he's working. Yeah. So, so you can send him a link as well. Like join. I'll I'll do it. Yeah. This is okay, uh, it's Lars. It's off. You relate to your capital you, letters. Join you relate, now. You relate you're to your late. You relate to your first podcast. This is your first podcast, Robin. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the second, way to kick it off. I don't like yeah, one hour late. There's always yeah. oh shit. Uh, you know, well, I thought I thought, I, thought I was going to be. Something. I thought it was going to be me because I'm so bad with time, like international <laughs> timing, that I thought I was going to be like an hour late or early or a day a day behind you know i used to um i used to work in the music biz and we'd have to deal with right uh, with people all over the world and i haven't had to do that in a long time so i'm just used to dealing in california time uh, right, right 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 but it wasn't me this time all right man no and and luckily no. at least one of us could make it so <laughs> <laughs> so so you so so you want to hear all like all like where the hell are the guys? They're like, oh, sorry, we're one hour late or something. But uh, but yeah. Well, we look have, it. I want to. We, we've you. had fun. Yeah. I want to catch you up real quick. We talked about how you came up Thank with you. the name. We talked about where the idea of the Palmer came from. We talked about uh, early crude prototypes. Uh, we talked about um, how long it took. Uh, and let me tell you, um, you guys are inspiring. I like anybody that puts an idea comes up with an idea and makes it happen and um you know you're my first international guest and i'm very proud to have you on my show um, i hope that you send me uh one of these tools so i can make some weird videos um, i don't know if you've watched i don't know if you've watched any of my my instagram reels but 
I already have some ideas. You may or may not like them, uh, but I would, uh, I would think they're funny. Um, if they're weird, we like them. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to get, I'm gonna have to get my hands on one of those things. Um, Definitely. And I want to, I want to uh, eventually make it out to to Finland. Um, you know, this you keep telling me about the Swedish Laplands, and it's yes. like now I got to get on a helicopter, and um, you do, yeah. Possibly, yeah. are you the tent maker? Did I did I miss that? Yes, Robin uh, yeah. is the tent maker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get one of your tents. That's in one of one of my tents, and I think that's one of my if uh, if rod making was the thing. I think like me and Lars, we started making bamboo rods, and then um, that was I think now six, seven, no, not that long, like five five years ago, and uh, I I think that kind of opened a little, not just a little, but a rabbit hole. Uh, I think it was just been going deeper and deeper. And I think these are the things that kind of create the the hermit boys and the things that we do is like, we come up with these crazy ideas and then the Palmer or, well, rods, rod making has been around, but then I got excited about making tents and now I'm making tents for each trip. Yeah. So now I'm actually in my workshop and today's my, my day off. So I'm going to actually, the we had a huge kind of cotton palace we stayed in that we sewed together last last summer and i'm actually gonna take it apart this um friday recycle it and start working on the the tents for you know know, like fly tying in general feels like you're going like you're going the extra mile you're like i'm gonna make my lure i'm gonna make my lure and i'm gonna catch a fish off it and you're going further than that you're like yeah i'm gonna make my tent you're gonna make your own clothes you're making your rods you're making what do you what else you gonna do you're gonna make your own reels uh, well, reels definitely. That's been on the on the list. But I, I feel like uh, that's the cool thing. We don't know where it, this all leads and what yeah. we end up eventually doing. And I think that's also I think that resonates from fishing. Also, like going out exploring, especially going out in in, in the wilds, not really knowing. We have a set goal, but you don't really know what what kind of quarry, what kind of fish, or whatever we're gonna find out there what size or what they're going to eat and i think that's that's the exploration and the adventure that i think all anglers can share and hopefully get to experience yeah man yeah. opening opening up new parts of the map it feels like i'm in a exactly video, i'm in a video game i open up new areas you know every yeah. time we love video games yeah <laughs> well, guys you I, gotta I, do something when you're you're waiting for the next season to kick off yeah yeah i I like it when other people just jump into the conversation dude like i need to i need to just i need to like set this up in advance where i'm like okay you come in like 30 minutes after (laughs) the first guy yeah Yeah. keep things keep things fresh (laughs) this wasn't planned matt (laughs) oh man you guys should have ran with that i would have believed it actually uh, do you do you do you want to hear a really cool story uh from 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 uh our trip last summer of course uh, I do. Yeah, I, I do because I'm out of questions. So I okay. want to hear, okay. hear a story before we sign off. Okay. So so this is basically what the Palmer was like. One of the things it was designed for. It's it's also like you, you can tie at home, but also by, by a river or by a lake or whatever. So we went to Lapland fishing for Arctic char. And uh, we read that it likes caddis. And all the dry flies work. Uh, their color red is really good. Use that and so on from, from the guides. And then we arrived there. 
and uh, we can we can see the fish rising from on, on, on the lake, and they were like, "Okay, let's do this. Let's go. Let's start fishing and put those caddis patterns on, and uh, you know, and nothing. They weren't taking nothing. We tried everything, and we were." getting kind of frustrated okay okay yeah yeah this is this is difficult we know they're yeah. difficult fish yeah this time there was no animal around for you to save and earn karma to get fish. <laughs> yeah yeah, no. yeah robin yeah. robin I, I i i told matt the seagull story from huapana oh shit <laughs> that was a good story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a good story so so yeah so then then we were thinking like okay well we 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 have to come up with something that they might eat and then we saw that there were there were no caddis or no insects on the air or whatsoever, but there was a lot of mosquitoes, and I mean a lot. You can you can see from the video that that's coming that there was a lot of mosquitoes, and then we decided, well, let's try some mosquitoes. We we don't carry mosquito patterns, you know. We don't have any Mitch patterns. The only one that I had was the Griffiths gnat. And that worked for me. Okay. But um, then, then Yuho, Yuho started tying, like, maybe they're eating, like, midge larvae or something, like midge emergers. And then Yuho tied in a super small 18-size hook, just black thread. And I think there was it, something... It was, it was the, small, the smallest hook we had. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 20 or 18. And... Yeah. Uh, and, and Yuho just tied some black thread, and then there was some kind of puff um, uh, next to the uh, hook eye that mm -hmm. kind of imitated the uh, emerging midge or whatsoever. And 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 then Yuho started fishing that, and it worked. Figured it out. It cracked the code. Yeah, yeah. cracked yeah. the code. But, it, but it, 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 they were so lightly dressed, it was ridiculous. Like you, yeah. you, you put on so much CDC that you actually could tie it on. But then you actually had to give it a haircut after so, yeah. just, just enough material. So it's got a couple fibers sticking out under the thread. I can't it do was, it. Uh, yeah, I just got, enough. Yeah. I got these giant glasses. I can't see. I can't do it. I can't do these tiny things, man. And then my hands, my hands won't do them either, man. I got to tie, I got to tie like streamers and mm. bigger stuff. But that's the cool thing with Palmer. I mean, we, because we also wanted to uh, that, that that you can tie a different size of flies with it, and we got a lot of questions like, "Hey, can I tie this saltwater zero point zero hook with this huge hook?" And then we uh, we were like, "Ah, well, Yuho uh, is our like streamer guy. Mm. He ties all his streamers, big big streamers." And uh, then he tried it at home. He's like, "Okay, well, let's try." And then he tied on like really heavy heavy. Uh, heavy streamer hook. I think it was a saltwater hook. And the Palmer held it perfectly. Oh, yeah. And uh, then then I tie like size 18 small patterns as well. So it works that way as well. So 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 you can tie a different size yeah. of flies with it. So it kind of makes like a jack of all trades. Yeah. Yeah. Here, hearing the dude that you mentioned uh, spin up a muddler on it to try it, to give it a shot. Like it makes, I want to try, I want it to spin up some, uh, you know, ostrich composite loop and spin it up and see what I could do on this. You know, how, cool. how I'm going to, how I'm going to hold it. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. I don't know how, yeah. it, would, how it would work, but um, that's part of what makes this thing cool. Like I want to like, 
it's like more puzzles to figure out, you know? Yeah. A lot of people were really surprised that how how small the polymer is. And uh, some people thought, like, how can I tie a fly with, with, with only one hand? And I'm like, well, you, you have your second hand where you hold the polymer. You can use your forefinger and your thumb to hold the mm -hmm. materials when you tie. Yeah. So then, then they went like, ah. Yeah. But I guess with anything, like, even though you guys probably mentioned the or went into the fact that there's of course been other kind of hand vices or still exist other hand vices and we just wanted to we we didn't really talk about that yeah we didn't yeah. talk about that we, uh -huh. we talked we did talk about um you know tying in hand a little bit which you know i actually haven't right. really even i have never really tried i mean I'm, it's hard enough for me to tie on a vice <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I'm still still learning but like no we didn't go into it um i'm interested i mean there so there, there's other um there's other kind of similar products out there that you guys were you know i guess competing with but like trying to do the same kind of thing. yeah yeah we did some benchmarking basically when we when we got the initial idea we wanted to check that we weren't making something that someone yeah. already had made into a you know established pro product that was working and selling out there and, and and i think the only only thing we found found were basically there's one model uh a really cheap one it was basically a screw and then a really simple vice that was uh, uh people used to just screw, screw it into uh, a piece of wood or branch and you know hold that between your legs and some someone of gimmicky thing yeah, i've and, never uh, seen that i've never seen that yeah i, I think it was a scandinavian thing because we saw it like a lot of people when we started out selling the polymer people were uh, comparing to that product, but I don't know if you can get those anywhere anytime uh, Probably anymore. On eBay. But, but then we, yeah, yeah, or some kind of like bigger, like bulk, yeah, uh, yeah, bulk store. But but uh, but then uh, then there's this other guy. I think and now not to quote wrongly, wrong. Just I think there's one uh, there's one guy that makes the J J Vice. Jonas, am I correct? No, actually. Uh, because I mixed these up, but but I think it's 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 a company uh, called Jvice, and he makes um, in South Africa, and he makes uh, these kind of uh, it's a hand vice, but it's it's really different from the polymer because it has it kind of a, a strap, so you can just strap it onto your hand. And we uh, one of the crude prototypes that we started with had a strap, and it was uh, more based around the idea that you have the kind of same pistol shaped. Um, vice and then the strap kind of holding in place and that would create more um mo mobility basically for your fingers to to tie the fly but we uh noticed that through pro prototyping that that is actually more difficult and it kind of ends up straining your your hand muscles so having yeah the polymer it, kind it of free like in it, your hand it, every, yeah it's, it seems like it might limit you with a strap yeah. a little bit yeah yeah so yeah so uh, we knew there was a couple, but not anything that really spoke to us and felt like, uh, okay, this is better than we have. There's, a, of course, preference, but we were just super excited that we had like come up with this crazy idea and and, and just ran with it. And uh, we've been super super lucky. So it's it, it, super it, cool. the, the prototype. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but I think like the the whole prototyping phase and everything it went really quickly, and I think like that's yes. just kind of shows how it drove our our common yeah. passion for it and that, and, and uh 
that was a question I asked, and I was surprised to hear how fast it went. I mean, yeah. I, I told Jonas that you guys were must have been inspired, you know, because it, it's so that's a quick that's a quick time period to turn around something from prototype yeah. to actually you know a working product there. Yeah, and I think I think we were lucky in the sense that I had because the the main thing like uh, I I work as an industrial designer, so developing and designing new products is is my day to day. Uh, so I'm lucky enough to have that, uh, th those contacts and of course that skill set. So we didn't have to find outside help yeah. to actually design the thing, make the, you know, whatever the technical files to commun uh, communicate that with the, uh, the producers. And then I had a network of producers that I could contact right away that would kind of be willing to do it, do a small batch. That was uh, a big thing when we're start starting out small, like, we couldn't take the risk financially or, or in any way to, to now start because it's so weird. Like it's different if we would like uh, come up with something that would be easier to approach in the sense that it's understandable right away, but this is a product that you have to try and actually through, that's why, for example, when we had an, a finished fly fishing fair is that when people actually got their hands on it and tried it, that's when you got to get that kind of eureka moment and, Oh, this is how it works, and you know. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we caught a lot of cut a lot of corners that way uh, by having having kind of all the talent in house, and then you know, Jonas with his writing, Lars with his marketing background. I did my design, and then Yuho has 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 a really strong kind of financial background and, and kind of like figuring out the spreadsheets and stuff to actually mm -hmm. make it profitable. So. Uh, we're lucky enough to have a, have a good band together. Yeah, you guys sound yeah. like a band. It sounds like everybody plays their <laughs> instrument, you know what I mean, and does their the thing. The Beatles. That's yeah. <laughs> so rad. I, you know, I, I'm trying to remember how n none of these other um, vices or hand handheld vices have ever come across my computer screen or my phone or whatever, you know, like, and I, I can't nice. remember, I can't remember how your guys' did, um, but it did, and I it's been interesting ever since I saw it, and it, it was I don't know well over uh well over a year or so ago you know i've been following you from mm. my from my personal accounts and stuff and i just i realized i hadn't followed you from the podcast account and um i just did the other day but i've been watching you guys for a long time and eager to talk to you so you know thank you thank you i know it's early there i'm sorry you missed most of it robin thank you <laughs> thank you for uh for organizing this and getting oh, us on getting us on the phone <laughs> You know, it's it's all good. I like the dynamic of this, and that you show you showed up in the in the tail end of our weird conversation you're having about mystical. I think I did all right. I think I did all right. <laughs> you did. You did all right, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? Um, so thank you guys. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna sign off. I'm gonna hit the stop recording button and say uh, you know goodbye from California to Finland. Thank you. Hope to talk to you guys again. Likewise. Yeah, thank you. Well, I did my best there, everyone. I'm not sure if you could tell, but I didn't understand a single word either of them spoke during that whole call. I don't know what I was thinking when I got myself into this. I don't speak Finnish at all. But if you play this podcast from your phone and hold it up to your computer microphone, Google Translate should be able to piece things together for you. Sorry, I should have said that before the interview. I'm joking, of course. The Hermit Boys weren't just inspiring dudes. They were well-spoken. Anything hard to understand was most likely coming out of my mush mouth. I want to thank Jonas 
and Robin again for coming on the show and dealing with the time difference. I'll throw all their links and some of their videos in the show notes, including a link to get yourself a Palmer. If you do end up ordering one, find some way to make it painfully clear that I sent you, okay? I don't have a promo code or anything. Why would I have asked them for something professional like that? But why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? I was about to end the show without mentioning UFOs. How dare you! But I wanted to leave you with a little bit more on the book I mentioned during the interview. Some Kind of Heavenly Fire by Maria Lax. Maria is a photographer from a small town in northern Finland surrounded by a vast, sparsely populated wilderness. Unbeknownst to most, it was also a hot spot for UFO sightings in the 1960s. At some point, Maria came across her grandfather's book about UFO sightings and she learned of incredible sounding stories of supernatural events and struggles with hardship in a largely barren land. By the time she was ready to speak with her grandfather about this, he was suffering from dementia and was unable to answer any of her questions. This started her investigative journey. She dug through newspaper articles, family photo albums, and interviewed many people in the town, all of them having remarkably similar stories. Orbs would follow cars or people walking home alone. I think you know by now how I feel about orbs. I'm an orbs, man. I'm an orbaholic. An orbophiliac. I have an insatiable appetite for orbs. Sorry. Anyways, they would pulse in different colors and disappear into the sky. People even reported being woken up by bright lights in their homes in the middle of the night. Here's a quote. I remember waking up one night and the room being awash with the most beautiful colors. I knew it was the aliens, but I wasn't afraid. I knew they didn't wish me any harm. The title, Some Kind of Heavenly Fire, comes from a quote in her grandfather's book about these sightings. An older woman saw what looked like the forest on fire on a cold winter's night, and she described the strange lights as if they weren't anything from this world. But what she saw was, quote, some kind of heavenly fire. I'll throw a link to get the book in the show notes with a bunch of other stuff, like the podcaster's manual commands me to do. I feel like it's a story that could potentially calm some fears of the phenomenon for some people. There's a specific fear of aliens that pilot flying saucers or black triangles that we've been taught to fear for decades. I've been trying to unlearn that programming myself, and some kind of heavenly fire is a nice reminder that we simply don't know what this phenomenon is, and we should treat it that way. Collect as much data as possible. Well, there might be a handful of people that have a better idea what it is than the rest of us, but they've been keeping whatever real information they've collected from all of us for who knows how long. The possibility of all the things the phenomenon could be feels almost infinite, and the fact we've been funneled into this probably hostile space alien belief just seems kind of close-minded and silly to me the older I get. That fear in itself will probably be used against us in some way in the future too, if you believe the alleged deathbed confessions of Walt Disney's pal Werner von Braun. And then he would repeat to me over and over, the last card would be the extraterrestrial threat. I wish I could have better articulated all this to my Martian-fearing friends on the Honey Hole England podcast when they had me on their show. That's one more link I'll add to the notes, and I'll be having them on my program soon, so look out for that. Okay, I'll take off my tinfoil hat. Feels great to be back. Thanks for sticking with me, folks. I've got a bunch more episodes in store, and I'm looking forward to sharing them all with you. First, we went to Finland, and I'm going to go to Alaska, and then I'm going to do one about shrimp, and I'm going to go eat some shrimp, and then we're going to San Antonio, and maybe Hawaii, and... And we're going to South Dakota, and Oregon, and Washington, and Michigan! And much, much more on Season 2 of Secret Society of Fly Tires. 
As I close out every episode, I like to leave you with information on organizations that I feel are spreading positivity in constructive ways within the fly fishing world. Project Healing Waters brings a high-quality, full-spectrum fly fishing program to an ever-expanding number of veterans in need at over 200 locations nationwide. Project Healing Waters programs meet regularly throughout the year with volunteers teaching the basics and advanced techniques while building long-term relationships. It's much more than a one-time fly fishing trip. The program provides basic fly fishing, fly casting, fly tying, and rod building classes for participants whose skills range from beginners who have never fished before to those with prior fly fishing and tying experience. All fly fishing and tying equipment is provided to the participants at no cost. Fishing trips, both one day and multi-day, are also provided free of charge to participants. Visit projecthealingwaters.org to learn more. Fishing the good fight is breaking down walls, smashing taboos, and building community. They believe that experiences in nature are an important part of caring for one's mental health. Less than 20% of men struggling with mental illness and or substance abuse are receiving professional support. The combination of a healthy therapeutic outlet, talk therapy, and a strong community will lead to mental well-being. Men face specific challenges when it comes to addressing mental health issues. According to Mental Health America, 6 million men living in the U.S. suffer from depression. In the National Center for Health Statistics Studies, nearly 1 in 10 men reported experiencing some form of depression, but less than half sought treatment. 70% of all people who die by suicide are men. It's from the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Men are often reluctant to seek help, particularly for depression, and are far less likely to access professional mental health services than women. Men make up less than 25% of people treated for depression and or substance abuse. For a lot of men, fishing the Good Fight program, such as a retreat, is the first time they've opened up about struggles they faced, and 100% of men who attended a recent retreat indicated that they would seek professional help after the treatment. If you've ever wondered about your own mental health and wanted to improve your quality of life, Fishing the Good Fight can provide the tools, resources, and support to guide you along your wellness journey. FishingTheGoodFight.org has more information. This episode of the Secret Society of Fly Tires is brought to you by the Global Elite. Did you know that there's a small group of shadowy individuals who control all major decisions on this earth, as well as three other earths that you probably didn't even know about? Well, there is a small group of cool dudes, and they are known as the Global Elite, and they pull the strings. They make everything happen, even stuff that seems normal and natural, like the tides or earthquakes or the changing of the seasons. That's all thanks to the Global Elite. There's no way this podcast would be possible without them, because nothing is possible without them. Thank you, Global Elite. I bow before thee and await my judgment. This episode of the Secret Society of Fly Tires is brought to you by Wigland & Sons Gravy Company. Stop wasting your money on mass-produced gravy. Get that slop out of your gullet. That industrial-produced stuff is mostly just pig's milk and onion powder. I'm not saying it's bad. Pig's milk is good. What I'm saying is that it's not gravy. If you want real gravy, head on down to Wigland & Sons Gravy Company on the corner of 5th Street and Anklebone Lane. If you mention the Secret Society of Fly Tires, they'll throw in a free cherry-flavored gravy blaster for free with free for any free purchase. Just so you know, a cherry-flavored gravy blaster is a highly caffeinated gravy snack, and it'll help you make the most of your workday. But it is not approved by the FDA, so please don't tell anybody about it. Please note that this is not a real advertisement, and the company, brand, entity, or product mentioned in the preceding ad in no way endorses, agrees with, or knows about this podcast.